0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Many and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is a guest episode, and I'm looking forward to introducing you to Katie Colella. Katie is a multi-award winning certified business strategist and mentor and meta ads manager. Katie helps women in business get from where they are to where they want to be by filling in their visibility and marketing gaps, helping with launches and growing businesses. She started her first business aged just 18 and has since started and sold a few businesses in product, service, online and offline. Katie is a number one best-selling co-author, Thrive Global contributor, and she has a foundation degree in social media and been awarded multiple business awards. She lives in South Wales with her husband and two children. She also is a stepmom to three. Katie is passionate about freedom and helping women gain more confidence, overcome the tech, become more visible, and grow their businesses in a way that suits them. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. It's absolutely fantastic to have you on. Thank you so much, Leslie. Really happy to be here this morning. So I'm going to ask you the same
1: question I ask all my guests. What is your money story? Okay. So I've been really overthinking this question. So you told me, you know, this. I've listened to some of the podcasts um, and everyone kind of initially goes straight to their childhood because that's where we develop the money story. Actually, like a few of the guests have said, isn't something you necessarily think about or give time to, especially in the entrepreneurial world. It does get talked about a lot. I don't know outside the entrepreneurial world because I've never been in it, Um and I kept, I'm really overthinking, what am I going to say? What is my story? And I, I've done the work, I've done the workbooks and thought about this. But I think the bottom line for me is that I've always loved money and I've always wanted it. And I've always wanted to um, have more of it in my life to give me the things that I wanted. I've always had this really strong work ethic, but it was to get, the money for the things that I wanted. And then I started thinking a bit more about, you know, the what we brought up with money. And I wasn't, I didn't have the whole, um, I haven't got the whole rags to riches story that a lot of people do have. And a lot, an awful lot of people um, that are successful in business have this very rags to riches story, which is somewhat of a hang up of mine in some ways, because I almost feel like you need that. Rag story, if that makes I sense. I don't have to, it either. No. I I don't Senate, it either. Do you know what I mean? So many people have it. And yeah. I I've, I've been told you can't have press and you can't have this. But so I've probably got some random hang up there somewhere as well. But had a nice, fairly nice upbringing, traditional working class family. We didn't want for much. We certainly weren't rich by any means, but we didn't go without. You know, we, we were always fed and watered and, and, and had a home a roof over our head. So we were very lucky in that sense. Um very much brought up with the you need to work hard to make money, type ethics, you know, um like I said, working class kind of South Wales family, so generations of past minors and things I guess, yeah. and where well, you had to work very, very hard to earn money. So that's been one of my biggest, I think beliefs going forward was that I have to work very, very hard to earn money. and when the work, not to say I haven't worked hard all my life to get to where I'm at, but certainly if I'm earning money and I don't feel it's really, really hard work, I can still have a huge issue with that. Yeah. Um, but also, like I thought, I've always, I've always loved money and the, what it gives me. And for me, it's very much about the freedom. That is what I'm all about is having that freedom. So for me, it's, it's something joyful to be able to help me get there. I don't think money buys you happiness, but I do think it helps get those things that can bring you happiness in one way or another um you know I'm quite a positive person anyway but you know I've also had the belief I could make money because I've been self-employed from 18 and family members around me were self-employed so for me that wasn't an issue either starting out in business it was just like a normal thing yeah of course I could do it for myself um but I remember being told things like probably the usual you know money doesn't grow on trees and so forth um And that type of thing and you have to work hard and that rich people weren't very nice people was something that I certainly seen as a child um but yeah the whole money mindset thing and and working on yourself with money certainly something that I feel strongly about and I feel it pops its head up in one way or another along the way so I had a recent experience um I was at an event with charlie day and i was very last minute i decided to go to an event of hers because i was in birmingham with a client and i thought oh i can make this happen so i decided to stay overnight but instead of like booking like myself a nice hotel i just automatically booked something really cheap and cheerful because that was just the mentality of what i'd probably always done um and i ended up in this awful ibis that was the worst hotel literally i've ever stepped foot in it was horrific and i'm not a snob i'm the furthest thing from a snob but it was horrific and it had like a child's um, stool and line green that you were stuck to. It was one of these really hot days we've had this summer. Um, the aircon was non-existent. I was literally sat there in pants and a t-shirt, like sweat box. It was horrific. And I started writing this email to my list about saying, you know, these things. I'd literally just had the biggest financial month of my business. Um, you know, all these big wins. And then I was booking like the cheapest hotel I could find. Um, and I just thought, well, clearly there's still some deep-rooted issues. of why are you paying more for something that you can have for a lot less money and buy the cheapest things? And I didn't realize that was something that was clearly inbred in me. Um, so anyway, half a bottle of wine later, I just booked the um, Belfry <laughs> and an Uber and took myself out. And had a lovely, lovely evening sat in the Belfry. And um, so it's something I'm more aware of I guess but yes that's that's probably it it is yeah I think it's having that you know you can I did have the choice and that's lovely don't get me wrong but I had the choice to actually make that change yeah
0: and and a it's the awareness but b it kind of comes down recognizing what your values are as well and Mm -hmm. maybe having a question with yourself you know with regards to values you know I've said on this podcast before that Warren Buffett, who was one yep. of the richest men in the world, you know, he's got many, many billions of pounds. He's mm-hmm. never bought a brand new car. He's yep. always had old bangers because to him, he sees no value in a brand new car. Yep. Whereas to somebody else, me, I love a brand new car, even though I know the minute it goes off the forecourt, it loses 20% but for me the smell of a brand new car yeah, and getting loose yeah all the features and everything yeah. which, which I never ever use but <laughs> I think it, it is recognizing what's serving you and what's not serving you and you've yes. clearly now got that awareness of actually that wasn't serving me I'm going to make a different decision so that's yeah. a really good
1: thing and it was the energy around it and the how it made me feel that I felt awful in the first time my husband was on the phone saying that's not a very nice part of Birmingham be careful and it, it had an icky feeling around it not just physically with a stickiness but with the whole emotion the way it made me feel and the energy around it um, I felt on edge I felt on on tender hooks and then when I moved my energy shifted completely I felt like I'm so much nicer and lighter enjoyed my evening and it was just a completely different shift. so yeah you're yeah. quite right um yeah and that car thing as well you know I've had um I've always wanted liked kind of big cars and four by fours and that sort of thing and it didn't have to be new for me that wasn't the thing but I always wanted a Range Rover yeah. um and when I had um a Range Rover the first time I don't know maybe 10 15 or 10 or more years ago now it, that was a huge thing for me and it wasn't like I said it wasn't that it was new that that bit didn't yeah I mean, I couldn't be there with like a brand new one. <laughs> but it didn't bother me as much. It was more about having that range of because for me that was my dream car and it was something that I'd always wanted from a child. Um, because we quite often had four by fours in childhood. And again, I remember the excitement around them. So it, again, it was just that feeling, I guess. Um, but yeah, definitely. So I can resonate with that a bit, not the new bit necessarily yeah. like you said, but the actual car, um, because of the feelings that it gives you.
0: And, you know, that's exactly it. You know, one one question I very often ask when I'm presenting in groups, et cetera, I utilize something called Mentimeter, which mm-hmm. is you're able to ask the audience questions and they're able to respond uh, anonymously. Nobody knows their response. And one of those questions is when you think about money, how do you feel? Because actually, a lot of our relationship with money, our money mindset comes out in emotion and that emotion can be feeling happy, feeling excited, feeling sad, feeling fear, feeling guilt feeling shame. And it's those feelings that money gives us, which actually is not money giving us those feelings. It's us creating those feelings based on how we're feeling about ourselves. Our sense of self-worth, our self-value, then gets imprinted on our relationship with money. So I think once you identify that sense of awareness of how am I feeling, how do I want to feel? And how do I make that shift? Mm-hmm. Then we, we can see it's possible for us to actually make that change if we make that decision. Because at yeah. the end of the day, everything is a decision. Just It's just which way is that decision going to go? Because doing nothing is a decision in the same way as doing
1: nothing something absolutely
0: yeah something I I I love about you Katie and and you know we had a a short conversation before we started recording I came into business having spent 20 years in corporate life Mm -hmm. you've never worked for anybody else why did you make that decision
1: I think because um I mean maybe I could and I, I I did I was brought up with um a lot of family members being self-employed so for me I think an awful lot of people at that age it was certainly you know how old am I 42 so 20 20 plus years ago it wasn't an option or people it wasn't the done thing it wasn't the done thing you went to school you went to university potentially then you kind of got a job it wasn't the done thing whereas for me it wasn't anything out of the ordinary it was quite a normal kind of route to take my dad had been self-employed most of my um I think all my childhood, actually, my mum had predominantly been self-employed, other family members. So it was just quite normal. I did actually leave school at 18 after my A-levels. And I think looking back, the reason I didn't go to university was because there was no university um, course, kind of how to make money, how to be an entrepreneur. And I knew I always wanted to make money. um, And it was a big draw for me. It still is, I guess. I still have quite a, a a positive I, I guess relationship-ish with money um so for me I got off I did go into employment for nine months and I did do a stint in my 20s for a few years of employment um, but I've always gone back to self-employment and I got offered an opportunity to buy a business at 18 and I was like yeah why not you know what's the worst that can happen um and I bought a little sandwich bar that was close to me and had that for three years and then sold it, then went back into employment for a few years in my early twenties and then was like, oh my goodness, no, I, I need to be self-employed. That was just my calling and something I just absolutely adored doing. So done loads of different things then over the years, kind of product, you know, in person, online, service-based, done them all. Um, so I just think there was always a belief that I could make money doing that, um, and a bit more in control um, of my own kind of future to a certain extent I guess yeah and I think that
0: is the thing that you know as a business owner as an entrepreneur that sense of control of your time that sense of freedom to make Mm -hmm. the decisions that work for you and your family I think sometimes that is underrated I think a lot you hear a lot of conversation about you know the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur the lows very often being mm-hmm. that you don't get that you know, that salary, that paycheck. You know, at the yep. end of every month, you have to you have to make things happen to get the money. But actually, that sense of freedom, that sense of being the mistress of your own destiny, that feeling is like no
1: other, isn't it? absolutely and i think you know freedom is my number one value and anyone that kind of follows me on social and stuff will get that impression straight away from it you know it's what i'm all about and i think when i had my um younger children I started a business, we had a guest house, um, and my husband and I decided that that would be the best thing to do, you know, real lifestyle business, bring our children up alongside, um, the business. I mean, anyone thinking of doing it, it's like the hardest thing in the world, Mm -hmm. actually. But when we sold that, it did give us what we, we looked back at it and it had been a really difficult few years. We had two children in 21 months and I had three stepchildren as well. So we had, I think there was five under 12. Um, and it, was A really, really difficult time financially, um, for various different reasons, it was just full on, but it enabled us to have the freedom to actually bring our children up. Which I do forget from time to time that I was there totally, and never had to. And don't get me wrong, I was working three days or whatever after going, I give him birth, a bit different in that sense. You don't have the maternity, yeah. but I, I was there every single day for my children, yeah. um, and then in primary school, the things that I think I certainly took for granted they go into every concert yeah they're there for every school drop off and pick up as much as I moaned about those things as well um oh, are we able to do that they are precious yeah. and you, you know you don't really realize until as we were saying just before you know we've now got teenagers and th- those early years do fly by so for me that was a huge huge why initially though especially those primary school years for being able to be there all the time Um, and as we just again speaking now I kind of come on this morning to Leslie a little bit frantic because my son's had to be picked up from school both my husband and I work from home so one of us were able to do it and again that's quite a nice position to be in we haven't got to go and ask the boss can we leave um to go and do that and we were able to just go immediately and be there five minutes later so all these things certainly huge wins for me and having that flexibility and freedom to be there, even though they're that little bit older, they still need us just in different ways.
0: Yeah. And I think I think that is the thing. It is being able to to plot out exactly what you want when you want it, but actually slot in when the children need you, when mm-hmm. things come up. And I think for me, the gratitude that I have for that is immense my husband's away uh, we have another business where we sell ski property in the Alps Mm -hmm. and my husband's away this week in France and I can only manage that because I do what I do if I was working for somebody it would be very very difficult for me to be around to do the things that I need to do for the children and I think appreciating that actually amplifies the feeling of gratitude but actually amplifies the whole sense of as entrepreneurs that we can have the gift of being able to do what we want to suit the situation that we are in and I think that is really powerful. Yes, I do. Tell me more about what you do now, because I think there's a big connection between what you do and potentially people having to really work on their relationship with money to be really comfortable to do what you do, essentially, in terms of working with you. So talk
1: talk me through what you do now. So I have various different hats, I always feel. Yeah. Um, I like to help in different kind of ways. So I work um, predominantly with female service-based entrepreneurs. Um, and I help them predominantly get more visible and grow their audience. Um, and I do that in a few different ways. One of my main core cool kind of ways of working with people is helping them get set up with Facebook and Instagram ads to grow that audience. You know, increase visibility, which I strongly believe is kind of the the bottom line of growing a successful business. Um, I offer business mentoring, um, strategy. Alongside that as well. But a lot of it comes down to the Facebook ads, the launches, the funnels, a lot of the techie side of business, um, which an awful lot of people are so scared of. So yeah, I absolutely love it and I love helping people kind of get from where they are to where they want to be and seeing the growth and seeing people increase their audience and visibility and leads and seeing what that brings them. And it is quite a tangible outcome because it can often bring in more money, yeah. um, you know, more sales, more leads. Um, and it is It is lovely working along those people and seeing the change in them. And you can see the confidence grow as they launch and get more successful. And it isn't just about the financial ROI. Um, You know, it is about the other things they get as an aside of that and the confidence to do these things and the know-how and the understanding and the capability and the belief that they can do these things for themselves. Um, And that's a real part of satisfaction that I get from from helping these women. Yeah,
0: And I think the whole thing about, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram ads – can throw up you know lots of big wobbles absolutely owners. yep a because it's deemed to be expensive yep b you're getting more visible and that can be a huge semantic of you know <laughs> issues around self worth self value what are people going to say see in my yep. face you know shoved in front of them several times a week etc what is it do you think about all of that 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 scares people and holds them back from actually embracing something that actually is there to help their business, not hinder their business?
1: I think there's a few different things. And I think one of them is the fear of success, which doesn't get talked about probably enough you know there's a there's a pressure on us to actually be successful what is deemed successful is it your version of success or is it those coaches over there that are going on and on about six seven seven figures uh, months and years and actually am I successful if I'm not doing that I mean I could talk about that for hours it's a huge kind of issue of mine you know about what is success and why are we I feel like we're ramming down our throats at times this financial level of whoever made this up we're not successful if we're actually creating an income for ourselves as being self-employed, employed that is you know that is success yeah, right absolutely. so anyway that's another tangent yeah. but I think it brings that up it brings up what if I fail the whole what ifs I'm not good enough I had I wouldn't even describe it as much as a wobble but listening to a couple more of your podcasts this morning whilst having a walk and lots of people on there were what I would deem as hugely successful people. And some of them had these amazing businesses and really, um, and there was some people talking about, you know, seven figure businesses and so forth. And I was thinking, oh, Leslie, sure. She knows who I am. Am I successful enough to be on Leslie's podcast? And I did start to have this moment. I was like, Leslie said I can go, I'm going, but it does bring that up. And again, visibility thing, like you said, it opens up whole new can of worms um and we you know we learned about this um at an event that we we chatted at recently visibility can bring more negativity now i've got a bit of a belief i see some very inspirational um people that i follow in this entrepreneurial world that are huge in terms of you know what they've achieved financially and otherwise and some some of these people have drama and they have all these different things. Drama comes to them. Now, I am not a drama person. My husband might argue definitely to that, but I am not well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not someone that enjoys, uh, let's say, negative drama. Yes. Um, I'm not someone that enjoys that negative drama. For me, honestly, that really holds me back a little bit. So I'm like, what if, oh gosh, if I'm if i if I'm a millionaire, well, if I'm turning over a million pounds in my business, that means that I'm going to get all this negativity and people are going to hate me overnight. I quite like being liked. Um And I don't, I'm the person that kind of gets on with everybody. I'm just a type person that actually holds me back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a couple of personal examples in that of, I think, what holds people back. And it's also the fear with ads specifically of what if I don't get anything? What if I don't get a return? And nobody can guarantee that return. And I, I get this all the time with clients, especially when they're starting off and it's their first time running ads, you know, they're dipping their toe in the water. What have I got to spend a month? And I often say, if you're going to spend less than 500 pounds, please don't pay an ads manager because it's not the most efficient use of your time. Go and get this course or do some self-learning. Make sure you do them correctly still, but get in the trenches a little bit and learn how to do them rather than invest in ads manager because it's not the most efficient use of your money. Um, and people say, well, that's still a lot of money. I said, I'm not dis- I'm not. Not Not disagreeing with that, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to have some budget as a um, a business owner, which not everyone kind of understands. I think if you've been around a long time as well, what we used to get completely free from facebook and instagram in terms of reach and so forth we're now we don't you just don't completely different world so you do have to pay to reach even the same people that you might have done for free now that's just a shift in the mindset and and the way it is that's just life and business and i actually do believe you need to have a marketing budget where you chose to choose to put that i'm not saying facebook ads is the only answer i hundred percent agree that there's a million different options for visibility facebook ads is just one of those powerful ways of doing that it, and people need to understand, yes, you will get some leads, you know, from your ads. I'm not saying they're necessarily going to turn to a return on investment, a financial return on investment immediately. I can't guarantee that. Nobody can. Exactly. Um, but it's also the longer journey now. Years ago, you could put something up and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Here's my thing. Buy my thing. And they might buy your thing nowadays you need that connection you need yeah. the touch points you need the nurture you need people to resonate with you, you need to see your face hear your voice etc etc and I think more and more that journey does need these touch points so I keep saying to clients you know the people you're putting in the pot now they might not convert right now but keep nurturing keep giving value showing you are the expertise keep showing up and then they might convert later down the yeah. line um and I think that's a really important message when it comes to facebook ads because there's loads of negative and oh, they don't work for me the amount of people that tell me they don't work for them and when you get to the, their bones it's because they haven't done them properly they've just boosted a post of 50 pounds and then got nobody bought my ten pound offer and i'm like what did you expect are you
0: surprised exactly yeah, yeah And, so and I, do, I do think as well there is, there is a bit of a mindset that running your own business creating that sense of no like and trust mm-hmm. is a very very quick thing when exactly Mm. as you've said you know I think there's something like 27 touch points I needed now that's what I always say yeah 22 27 yeah it's huge and so posting once on Facebook a day or going on doing an Instagram live once a week sadly wouldn't that be amazing (laughs) if that was as easy as it was but if you look at how it was 25 years ago I used to I worked for Orange at the time and we were going into a collaboration with Yell who yeah. had the yellow book because that is how you marketed how yeah. much harder in reality was that
1: than the what we have today exactly. so whilst One- be-
0: sorry you can. No, no, I was
1: going to say, you said Yell then. One of my yeah. paid um, employment in my 20s was with Thompson Directory. So we were always in Yell's kind of um Shadow. Oh, up to Absolutely. That's the yeah. word. Um, so yeah, we were always taught then, back in like the sales days, that it was seven touch points. Yeah, exactly. Even yeah. then, that was just calling or just yeah, outside their house, you know, or their business premises. But yeah, what a difference. I know. And it goes to show that really,
0: social media, if we approach it, with the correct mindset. And I have to be honest with you, I don't always approach it with the right mindset. But actually, when we think back to not that long ago, the choices that business owners had was to pay for adverts in Yellow Pages in amongst everybody else who was in Yellow Pages Mm -hmm. or to pay a lot of money to be on billboards or having to go to in-person events all the time. None of those were guaranteed a return, but at least with social media, there are lots of methods available. And what ads can do when the time is right for you and your business is start to speed that yes. process up. And exactly I think that. that
1: that is the way to look at it, isn't it? Absolutely. I say to clients, constantly you know it, it gets that data back so you can make informed decisions yeah. um you know clients can be tempted if they've got a smaller budget to try and te- do all the testing but it takes time to get that data back and again a bigger ad spend just gives you that data back quicker so you can make informed decisions They work for most industries and most people it and again it's having that mindset sometimes of thinking, well, I'm going to give this three months or six months. And I had a, I believe, I had a few different clients with this kind of mindset, but one client in particular stands out. And I remember her vividly saying to me at the beginning, um, she committed for six months as manager. She's actually just renewed. And she said, I just want to give it six months. It's something I'm absolutely prepared to test. Everything in business is a test. And look, she had a fairly okay ad spend um, and she was investing in me for six months, And she said, as long as I get even like one client, she knows it's going to more than cover her investment. And she just had this really good way of looking at it. Well, actually, I know one client, look, all these leads were getting in. One client is just going to more than cover that ad spend anyway. And she just had a very good way of looking at it. It was all a test, it was just trying something else. And I just thought that was a really kind of good way of looking from above and, and seeing rather than expecting, you know, within a week. Have five thousand pound back or something. Yeah. I'm thinking wrong, and these things can happen. I'm not saying they don't. Another client had ten thousand pound back after a three hundred pound ad spend recently. After we set some ads, of course they would do that, but that isn't a normal thing. Yeah, that isn't a you can expect this, and I would never say that. And that's that,
0: that's the good thing, isn't it? Is it? to be honest about what the outcomes could be, but also for the client to be really, really aware, you know, a little bit like how many of us have bought courses and Mm -hmm. they weren't what we thought they were going to be, or we didn't put in the amount of time that we should have to do everything that was prescribed in the course. And I think when you're running your own business, there are going to be things that are trial and error and mm-hmm. to accept some will work, some won't yep. work, don't see them as a failure, see them as a lesson on your path to creating the success Absolutely. that you
1: want to see. Absolutely. And the bottom line is, no matter which of these paths you choose for your business, and it, again, it doesn't have to be this path now forever. Um they're about visibility. And without the visibility, you're not getting in front of people. you know, it could be the world's best kept secret. From, no one knows about you. You don't even exist in their right? eyes. You know, there's so many people out there that need whatever anyone else of you are doing. And it is just about getting in front of those people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've mentioned several times in our conversations success um, mm-hmm. and success looking different for different people. Yeah.
1: What does success look like for you? Um, Success is having, for me, having that freedom to make different choices um, and doing the things I want to do without having to hold myself back, I guess. Um, Being able to make a good income, to be able to do all the things that I want to do in life for myself and my family. Um, And I don't think it has necessarily like a financial link to it. Yes, I want to make a decent income. Decent for me doesn't mean in the million pound mark um but it just means having that money to make sure everything is paid for there's some left over for me freedom is also linked to travel and i like to travel we um go to spain very regularly and we're you know we're looking at possibly moving over for a couple of years so having those choices to be able to do that i haven't got to change my job or quit anything to be able to make those choices and i understand that not everyone could just have a euro or two where they decide to go and live in a different part of the world yeah um so things like that for me are very much about having the flexibility and freedom of being able to make those choices yeah and it's said very often
0: that you know our limiting beliefs and not just our limiting beliefs but our positive beliefs as well um are developed in our childhood so you've mentioned mm-hmm. that you know the reason why you've largely been self employed all your life is because lots of your family were Mm-hmm. My childhood was different. You know, my mum and dad, they they were employed, my dad in the yes. police force and, and my and my mum for a retail chain. Um, so I I went down the path they wanted, which was university, and then you know, going and working for a corporate. Mm-hmm. How do you think your children are approaching what their employed life is going to look like?
1: Yeah. Um I think we're we're definitely rubbing off on them in terms of them seeing it maybe different to a lot of their parents, the way they work. Um, And I hope that we're helping our children understand there are different routes and different options available that just weren't available 20, 30, 40 years ago Um, and different ways of working and the fact that I can work from anywhere. I I often say to my children, you know, you you have these options to be able to work from anywhere. These options didn't exist. My job didn't exist. Um, What I do now didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. What my husband does didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. So the The options available to them, and I'm, my my daughter came home um, from school recently, and she was told I think it was seventy five percent of the jobs that their generation, she's uh, fourteen, their generation are going to have don't even exist yet. So it's difficult for them to plan, you know, yeah. what their future is going to look like when there's so much pressure at six of 13 to choose their GCSE options yeah. and so forth and map out their life. Um, that actually most of them, their jobs and positions and businesses don't even exist yet. So. You know the, the entrepreneurialism is definitely growing and I think a lot more people are going to end up working for themselves and it is something that I try and rub off with the children because I think you have so much more choice and flexibility working for yourself um, and I know they have to make their own decisions and it's difficult sometimes to oh, hold my thoughts in because I do feel quite strongly about that and I feel quite strongly that you know I feel we are mapped out in our certainly in our generation of you know you had to go to school you had to go to um college or university then you get a good job you work your way up you get married you have children Get your um, yes you know I'm just so like okay that's fine if that's what you want I'm yeah. not saying that that doesn't work for you if it doesn't it is what you want but there are other options now available and I feel quite strongly kind of educating the children to make them understand there are other options um and even you know financial knowledge we just weren't taught stuff um certainly in school um and a lot of kind of upper classes were taught more financial education certainly than middle and certainly lower and working classes were ever taught so it's something that we feel quite strongly about and we're we're my husband's uh 48 and i'm 42 and we're kind of thin, we only just started hearing about all this stuff in recent years like we i wish we had known about it in our 20s we're trying to Help the children to understand and, and um, educate them as well, yeah. Um, about finances, so it's not just employment, self-employment. You know the options financially to be able to give you a much nicer life and a life of flexibility and freedom. And I think as well, it's it's, it's making children aware
0: that there are many many choices, and yes. that if you have aspiration, that is going to make your ability to see those choices a lot easier yeah. and to recognize that actually you can be absolutely anything you want to be and the only limitation you know is the one that that you place on yourself absolutely. and you know I'm very passionate about financial literacy for children and it isn't just about that financial awareness of personal finance it is actually that connection between money and your mindset because yep. i think successful people are not born they are created they are developed and they're developed as a result of their parents making them aware of the choices out there but them mm-hmm. having the belief in themselves that they they truly can make a decision i want to go for that yeah And they go for it and just giving them that sense of empowerment, that real sense of the art of the possible. So they don't feel, well, my grandparents were this, my parents were that. So I'm going to be that as well, rather than, you know, actually going, well, you know, I've got a bigger vision than that. This is what I want to do and really helping them. To switch on that switch because I think as parents, that's what our job is to help our children to turn on that switch and to believe that absolutely anything is possible for
1: them. Absolutely, yeah, I I completely couldn't agree more with everything you've just said, and I think it's. I find it's quite pivotal sometimes with things like Mother's Day or birthdays. You know, the children over the years have seen. You know, working for myself and they've written me such beautiful notes and said we work so hard you know to build your businesses and um you really do inspire us and they could just be totally playing me um but I hopefully, hopefully, not. That has, <laughs> hopefully that has rubbed off and hopefully that is true and that's a lovely message you know what a bigger why you, could that be yeah. than to um inspire your own children yeah. so they go forth and absolutely have that belief you know we both tell them constantly our children are always very much brought up with you can do anything, you know, and it is down to your your just your own belief in that and so forth. So, yeah, couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah, and I I have told this story a couple of times, so hopefully my audience won't be bored by this. But I was so blown away by it. My fourteen year old son, he's wanted to be an investment banker since he was about nine wow. years of age. Wow! But, but about a month or so ago, he said to me, "Mum." I've decided I don't want to be an investment banker anymore. I want to work for myself because I want to do for my I want to be there for my children when they're growing up oh. in the same way as you and Dad have. Oh my God. Oh I'm my. A bride. And I and even now, <laughs> yeah, you know, you because we don't actually have full awareness of the impact we are having on our children. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have that awareness that we can be around for them that and actually for them to take us for granted that's a privilege it's a privilege for them to think well of course they're going to be at sports day of course they're going to be at the school place of course they're going to pick us up and I know with my children so when I went to that event you mentioned um on Friday I was away Mm. the night before at the social and in the morning I said to the boys now remember I'm not going to be here tonight what (laughs) <laughs> what, what do you mean you're not going to be here tonight because it's a rarity that yes. I'm not there and yeah, actually, I'm the actually it's a privilege isn't it to actually it be able to be there in that way
1: yeah absolutely quite right um and I think sometimes we probably presume we take it for granted as much as the yeah. children you know do because we if you've always done it then you know and there's always mum guilt and stuff like that yeah and I'm sure dad guilt but there's, there's always mum guilt no matter which way that you look at it, I think you know. Sometimes I've got I can work too hard and and want to work all evenings to work on the business, but that's one thing that I I've always taken from working for myself that I've loved is always been able to be there. So yeah, so something I'm very grateful for. You're quite right.
0: Yeah, and I think as well when you're running your own business, if you are if you're running the right business and you're working in the way that you want to, actually it can it can take over your life. because you enjoy it it's not because you always have to do it but because you have those sudden bright ideas that you want to put into action or you realize that there's something else that you you can be doing to make something else better then we don't have great ideas nine till five those ideas can (laughs) come in on a a Friday evening at yeah. 10 o'clock or a, or a Sunday morning at nine o'clock, not normally a Sunday morning for me actually thinking about it, <laughs> but I think they can be that almost, well, I thought you work for yourself. So what, what you're doing working on a Friday yeah. night or what you're doing working in the, you know, in the, in the summer holidays or whatever. Well, it's because I love what I do. Yeah, I'm not constrained by nine to five. I've got, I've got that sense of doing it when it works
1: for me yeah absolutely I my children will come in and say well what are you doing why are you working now but like you said if I you know if I've got something that I can do in 10 minutes I just want to map down or write down or whatever it is you can have that choices and you know if if I don't feel wonderful or I don't know just I want to give myself a day off I can you know within reason um but you do have that those certain choices like you said to work when it kind of suits you and I know in the summer holidays I tend to work or kind of 6 to 11 maybe and then I'll have the afternoons off pretty much yeah um because I I can kind of decide to map my days and weeks around the way I want to work and what suits me exactly exactly so what are you excited about next Um, I'm really excited for the rest of 2023 so 2023 has been a big year for me in terms of I've really decided to push through some barriers and limits and beliefs and things that were holding me back. Things like um, going that registered um, and going limited, just things that a lot of people do all the time. I've been that registered before in previous businesses, but I had a negative link to it somewhere. And as a service-based business, I didn't have the products and stuff. So it was really, really holding me back for a long time. So I made a decision probably at the end of last year. I through that. And just to continue to grow and I might being much more visible at the moment. Um, and again, it was something that's probably hiding behind, you know, and the, the what ifs and who she thinks she is and mm-hmm. the thoughts and people judging you and all, and all the rest of it and all the negativity that can come from that. I think I was doing it to myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, becoming more visible, putting myself out there. Um, and also looking into working with like corporates and things, which I've never done. And it's such a new world for me. It's way out of my comfort zone. Um, and looking to kind of help more people in, you know, and getting, yeah, just help more and have a bigger ripple effect on who I'm working with.
0: And your visibility has definitely increased because I'm seeing your adverts all the time, so... Oh, that's good. (laughs) ...goes to show it's absolutely working.
1: Because you don't always do it for yourself. You don't always put into, you know my dad is a builder so we often had unfinished rooms or scaffolding in our kitchen or something you know um and so you don't always do it for yourself obviously and often I'll put my clients first and and relegate my own work um to the bottom of the pile so that's something else that I'm kind of being quite aware with I'm just being much more assertive in in this year in life in general so yeah there's a few kind of areas of growth I think yeah the rest of this year that I continue to push yeah which is fantastic so how can people connect with you you can find me anywhere, Katie Kalella, Uh website, Instagram and Facebook are my kind of predominant areas that I hang out that you can find me quite easily there.
0: So I shall ensure all those details are in the show notes so people Fabulous. can easily connect with you. Thank you very much for coming on today. I have You're loved that conversation and it's always <laughs> lovely to hear from somebody who's taken a, you know, a different route to me I started off in corporate then became an entrepreneur yep. you immediately switched on that light as far as being an entrepreneur so thank you for sharing your story your money thank you story today. thank you thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the let's talk money and more podcast I really hope you enjoyed it if you would like to better understand your relationship with money then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now, and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my money archetypes assessment at the same time which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep, and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.